Hello, everyone. Welcome to Life Hacks for Working Moms, the podcast that helps you overcome the overwhelm, embrace the chaos, and cultivate a life you love. My name is Megan Strand. Welcome to today's episode. I have a confession to make. I kind of hate summer vacation because it's such a long stretch of 10 weeks where my children are not in school, they're not in a routine, they're either running around from camp to camp or bored out of their minds. And as someone that works from a home office, it is really challenging to manage all of this. That is why I was so excited when I heard about a cool thing called Brain Chase to keep the kiddos at least somewhat occupied over the summer, as well as teach them a little something, which we all know is very important in the summer gap. And here to explain what Brain Chase is, is one of the founders of that company, Heather Staker. Hey, Heather. Hi, Megan. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks so much for being here. I'm so excited. So I heard about Brain Chase from Asha Dornfest, who runs the Parent Hacks site. She had written a great blog post, but why don't you tell us in your own words, what Brain Chase is all about. Sure. So Brain Chase is an online learning program and experience and adventure that my husband and I put together last summer for 500 friends and family. And it was such a hit that we decided to make it an annual event. And basically it's five weeks where students in grades two through eight usually working from home, uh, embark on an online treasure hunt. And to uncover the clues, they need to do a little bit of reading, writing, and math using outside online learning partners that we've um, curated and brought together and stitched into a student dashboard. And so as they complete those challenges each day, they earn the right to watch animated webisodes that have buried uh, secret clues hidden in them. Mm. And so they discover those clues and, and, uh, get to choose where uh, they think a hidden treasure is actually buried in the earth. And we've buried a $10,000 treasure somewhere on the earth. And these students have the opportunity to then make their guess and try and find the treasure. That is so cool. So why did you guys decide to start this crazy summer adventure project? Well, I have a background as a researcher uh, for online learning. I've worked for years for the Clayton Christensen Institute, which is a nonprofit think tank that focuses on innovation in education. And so I've, for several years, had my eye on online learning as a really promising innovation Mm. that's bringing education opportunities to our children that just weren't available, frankly, when we were children. Um, And then my husband has a film and and, uh, movie production background. And so in um, our marriage, we found this great common ground where I can bring some of these learning opportunities and he makes them fun and we've packaged them together jointly as an opportunity for families. That's so cool. And how many kids do you two have? We have five little children ranging oh from goodness. two to 11. And oh my so goodness. they're our guinea pigs as we do this. And last summer, I think our five-year-old was the youngest to participate. Um, and some parts were a little challenging for him because he's not a good reader yet. And it does help if you can read. But uh, but he made it all the way through. And wow. it's really one of the amazing things about... Um, that six-year-olds can compete against 15-year-olds. And the reason why is because online learning allows us to tailor the actual content for each skill level. So it really adapts to the individual student's 
skills. And that's why a busy family can offer BrainChase to all their students or all their children at the same time and have them be working on the level that's just right for them. But it's still a family experience because everyone's doing the game together. So talk a little bit about that because I have two girls, 10 and 12, and I can imagine them really like fighting over this. So do P, do do siblings sit together and do this? Do they each need to log in every day independently? How, how does that work just logistically? Yeah, so logistics. So so it's five weeks long and the goal is to try and do um, about five hours of learning each week. And uh, sometimes when families have a device for, so for if you had a device for each of your daughters, then they could sit side by side and just log into their own platforms or their own dashboards um, individually, but they're next to each other and working on it together. And then definitely they can collaborate on trying to guess where the treasure is actually buried. Um, and other families that are sharing a device, they the, the children just do it throughout the week whenever it's available. So I wanted to go back to the the graduated learning, or, or, or that's not the right term, but um, the fact that you've got range of educational levels. So if I do, you start at a grade level and say, okay, I've got a fifth grader, or do you do you have? Is there some sort of pretest they take to kind of put, put them in or start them out at a particular level? It it varies depending on the subject. So for math, uh, our main partner is Khan Academy. Mm -hmm. And on the first day, you'll go to the Khan Academy website and you do a pretest. And that helps um, recommend the right next levels of content. Although the students can actually adjust that. Their goal is to earn 10,000 Khan energy points. And okay. those are based exclusively on effort. And so um, the students can really choose what they want to do to show that they're making effort and learning. And then for writing, we have credentialed online teachers that review uh, writing journals. We feel like part of writing is just learning to love it and to think about what they're doing over the summer and write little paragraphs about what's on their mind. And then we have credentialed teachers that respond to them and adjust their response based on the perceived skill level of the student. And then for reading, we just have a library of over 6,000 digital books wow. and we measure um, time spent actively reading. And again, that's a place where your 10 year old might have a very different preference for the genre or the complexity of the text that she wants to be reading. And your 12 year old might be in a different place. And so another place where those students can really choose what's right for them but together, the family's working on the same ideas, just leveled to the individual players. And so the place that the family works together is essentially when the kids unlock this video and get a new clue. Is that how that works? There's Yeah, there's two ways. So exactly as you said, as they unlock the videos, they'll get these clues. Oftentimes, they're coded numbers. And at the very beginning of the, of the um, experience, we mail a few physical um, surprises to the students in the mail. Oh, cool. Last summer, the first thing was a decoder ring. And so they use those decoder rings to unscramble the letters and start to figure out where they might be wanting to put their first guess. And then they go to Google Maps and they drop their little pin on the spot on the map where they think that treasure is buried. And so there's a couple of ways that families work together. One is that it's it's pretty fun to have these mysterious packages literally arriving in the mail and totally. showing up on your doorstep. And so I know a lot of the children just have fun opening those together and playing with their decoder rings or, and the other things that were surprise um, arrivals last year. And then um, 
and then just certainly trying to determine where this treasure is, they have to guess within a two-mile radius. And last year, we had it buried in the Pyrenees in southern France, oh in a gosh. tiny little town. And the clues certainly led to it. And there was there was a winner, and there was a very close runner-up, and people got it. But it was hard. And so the families and friends that worked together um, seemed to be the most successful. Oh, that's fantastic. Did you guys go and actually bury that treasure yourself? Did you do that? You, you know what? Alan and I actually <laughs> left um, the kids for a few days and got to fly out there and bury the treasure. And then we jumped on a plane and went to Paris together. So it was really fun. Oh, that's and we're actually awesome. about to bury this year's treasure. So the, the treasure actually will be lying in the earth in a pit covered up um, for the duration of the summer adventure. So the kids know it's there That's and everyone's crazy. scrambling to try and find it first. That's so cool. So, okay, with with what you typically do in the summer, at least what I do, is you buy these workbooks and the kids are forced to do them for however long each day. And that lasts for about, I don't know, two weeks in my house. So, and I can't, I'm sure that's a common experience. It can't be just me that can't keep up on the silly workbooks. But what have you found with kids sticking to this adventure? How are kids completing it through the end of the summer? How much fall off do you have? What are there things that happen that kind of try to keep them engaged or get them reengaged if they fall off? Great question. And, you know, over the years, as I've really delved deeply into online learning, which is the focus of my research for right. the Christensen Institute, um, it's become increasingly real to me how different online learning is from some of the other innovations that have changed our classrooms over the past century. And one of the promising things about it is that it tends to be really amenable to game-like learning. Mm. So you can earn points, you can get rewards along the way. Students can learn right at their zone of proximal development, which means right where, where they're in their challenge zone, not their comfort zone and not their panic zone, <laughs> and, and then move forward at the pace that works for them. And that's very intrinsically motivating. And so just like you, I have spent many summers and just school days also trying to help my students at their own pace, getting through their material and making some progress. It's really hard as a parent. And so one of the reasons that we really wanted to introduce Brain Chase was we sat down and we said, how are we going to enrich our own children this summer? And knowing of these resources that are online, Khan Academy and these digital libraries. And last year during the Chase the students were sent to go find some artifacts in the virtual Smithsonian Museum. And there are some really rich areas where students can be um, engaged over the summer and exposing children to those and helping families see that those opportunities are there. I think it really elevates how we think of screen time because I know that for me, a lot of times I use screen time as like the electronic babysitter and, um, and I feel kind of guilty. Right. And the thing that was fun last summer was to feel like when I was occupied, I saw my children in reading a digital book. Or if they weren't ready to read the book, you could actually click a, a button and have it read to you. And so to hear them having these beautiful books read to them, it was really, it was fun to see that they were doing screen time, but it was so much more constructive than the way that I typically employ the screen in their lives. Exactly. Well, that's it's interesting that you mention the books being read to you because I actually have a kiddo that's, that's dyslexic. And so that's how she actually accesses books at her level right now is she's got, you know, this great system that 
reads books and she follows along with writing. So I'm glad that you said that. So just because your kiddo isn't quite reading yet, that's that's a great alternative to have a book actually read to you. So love that you incorporate that just from a personal standpoint. What things have you heard from people, whether they're kids or parents? Like what feedback are you getting about Brain Chase? Are there things that surprise parents or kids? Like what kind of anecdotal feedback have you received on the program? I think there were two surprises last summer. One was that we were surprised by how almost addictive it was that I think because the dashboard, it almost feels like a Candyland game board. And so your children can, can control how fast they move along that game board. And it's very clear what they need to do to move to the next square. Mm. They've got to earn their 10,000 points. They've got to read their 20 minutes or have it read to them. And so it was so empowering and just the content itself is pretty engaging. And so we were surprised by the number of parents who said, we can't peel our kids away from this. We don't want to go. So there's a big theme park by us called the Lagoon. And our kids don't want to go to the Lagoon because they're so intent on finding this treasure. Oh, that's awesome. That was surprising to us and fun to see that, that some of these theories that I've explored about how online learning can be intrinsically motivating really do play out in practice and can be a huge real lifesaver for moms, in my opinion, because they help us get our job done of helping our kids be enriched and entertained and on adventures and learning over the summer, but it, it's so much less effort for us. Absolutely. And then the second surprise was just that, um, that there were some success stories that were gratifying. There was a participant who had had a brain tumor and she, um, was really behind in math and so discouraged and concerned that in her traditional classroom where there are few opportunities for those who are behind to really get caught up because the class has to move on, um, that she'd never get there again. So she did brain chase and she actually got well beyond grain level by the end of oh that my summer. Gosh. That's it great. Was so, it was, it was sort of humanizing to feel like this plan that we had, that Alan and I had just construed and tried <laughs> to put together, you know, um, once we actually had the participants and they were real children and they were really doing it and it was truly affecting their lives and their whole perception of what learning had to feel like it just felt more human and it was more, I think, satisfying than we had expected. What a great story. Well, and so to that end, I guess the big question is, and you're a researcher, so I'm sure you've built this in, but how can you, how can you tell like at the end of the summer that the kids have actually learned something beyond the fact that they've, you know, maybe they did this every day, but what, what do you have built in that kind of shows you what progress the kids have made academically? Sure. Well, so the individual learning challenges that we have, they with embedded within them are, um, are reports that show how much your student has progressed. So on Khan Academy, for example, you can see all of the different, um, challenges that your student has accomplished throughout the summer. Um, and reading, you can see the list of all the books that they've, or, or pages that they've read through, um, for writing. It was really just, you ended with a journal of your summer, which was fun for these children. That's to, great. M mostly they were fanciful prompts of just <laughs> suppose a pirate knocks on your door. What do you say to him or something like yeah. that? But fun to see that, that they had that writing and typing practice. And then, um, and then certainly the bonus challenges became, so one thing that was sent to them was a, a seed that had a laser etched word on it. So you had to plant the seed and let the seed grow. And that's how the 
the secret word was revealed that was the key to the clue for that week. No way. And so these students ended up with their own lima bean plants by the end. So there were, I think, a lot of substantial evidences of success. Not to mention that, and, and this is just a sample size of four, but for the four of my children that were doing brain chase, um, it was remarkable to see them then enter school with that much more confidence. They were already well into the next grade level with their with their math, and, and that was um, more real than I had anticipated. Yeah, that's really powerful. What a great, great tool. Well, so what tips or recommendations do you have for families who are going to do Brain Chase this summer? And I'll, I'll give you an opportunity at the end to kind of talk, talk a little bit about what the pricing is and how to get involved in all that stuff. But um, if people want to do this, you know, what are the successful families doing together? Well, I found that at least for our family, and maybe we're not the norm because we had four kids doing it. You're definitely it, not but... the norm. You're not the norm, Heather. <laughs> I, I've been told that before. You know too much. But the um, but devices were definitely an issue. Um, and so it was helpful. That the, the, I wish we had had more devices. Mm. Um so we actually this year um, invested in Chromebooks, which are great. I don't know if you know much about those, but they're like $200 yeah. these days. They don't have any software loaded onto them. They're purely to access the internet. Right. Um, but given that BrainChase is all in the cloud, that's sufficient. And so um, having a device or a tablet for the participants does help reduce conflict in your home. Right. <laughs> a lot of kids are vying for um, a chance to, to do their challenge for the day. Um, and then I think just, um, embracing it, just, just allowing for the adventure to unfold and, and really, um, allowing for the time in the week for students to have that constructive feed, um, screen time. Um, I think we were a little bit surprised that our summer actually was, um, more full than we had expected just because there was this project that the children were so engrossed in. And so it seems like the successful families just made time to allow that adventure to really take, take a part of their summer. That's fantastic. Well, and I watched the video of the family that won last year and it was so great because I really expected like the door to open and there to be like an eighth grade kid there, but the kid that actually found it and whose idea it was initially was how old? Like six. And then his older brother was like nine. I mean, they, they were young kids, but I mean, clearly the family was engaged. Um, but that just is encouraging because you think like, oh, well, you know, it, my seven-year-old's not going to have a chance against a 13-year-old. But turns out the, the younger kids want it, right? That's right. So they did work as a family. They actually, when we went in their living room to announce it, they showed us how they had turned it into a map room. Yeah, and they had like all this stuff in the walls. And yeah. <laughs> so they had definitely worked together. But um, the the thing that, that works is that everyone can work on their own pace academically and be at their own level. And yet the treasure hunt still works for the group. And so that, that was... Um, was good to see. And that family said that it was life-changing for them. Although I do think it's important to note that there really are two treasures here. Yes, the $10,000 buried in the earth is pretty um, enticing, I think. But separate from that, um, just the day-to-day of doing the adventure and and watching the webisodes and getting the secret packages in the mail 
were a treasure in and of themselves. And so I think a lot of students felt like even if they had no clue where the treasure might be buried, that it was pretty fun to just go along with the ride anyway. Absolutely. Well, and I love how you just put a bow on that whole thing. There are multiple treasures to be had here with Brain Chase. I love it. So if people want to get involved with Brain Chase, how might they do that? Sure. Well, so we have a website, brainchase.com. And it's right now early bird pricing. So it's $149 uh, for the first participant and then $100 for each additional member, sibling or, or member of the household. And that pricing does go up a little bit mid-April. So it would be um, wise to get on, get on it now and get to Brain Chase and, and register. Uh, we're capping enrollment at a certain number because we have already ordered um, – many of the secret Mm. deliveries for this upcoming summer. And so we have to try and forecast participation, but we're looking forward to a really successful season. We're hoping this is a six season long event. So this will be year or season two this summer. And uh, we're our May Merriweather and the other protagonists of the animations are joining us again to continue to lead the children along a fun summer quest. Excellent. And the adventure begins when? June 22nd, I believe. Excellent. Excellent. So go to brainchase.com. Check it out. I'm definitely going to do this with my kids. I hope you will too. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Life Hacks for Working Moms. You can find Brainchase at brainchase.com. I'm going to put a link to the show notes. You can obviously find Life Hacks for Working Moms on iTunes. I do recommend you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a great episode like this one. And you can also find show notes at the website lh4wm.com. And on behalf of Heather and myself, we'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you next time.